0: Welcome to the Pioneer Theatre Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Ivan Bennett. Today we have Mary Murphy, the conceiver, composer, and lyricist of Cowgirls. Mary co-authored and was a performer in the original Off-Broadway production of Oil City Symphony in 1987, and also played the role of Mary Lou in the original Off-Broadway production of her very own Cowgirls in 1996, Oil City Symphony received the Outer Critics Circle Award for Best Off-Broadway Musical, and Mary received a Theater World Award and a Drama Desk Award for her work as an actor in the show. Cowgirls was nominated for Best Off-Broadway Musical by the Outer Critics Circle, and Mary was honored for her work in it by the New York Drama League. Thanks for being with us. Do Thank you, you for having me? <laughs> do you remember when and where the idea for Cowgirls was born?
1: Yes, I do. <laughs> I was, oh gosh, it was in the early nineties, and uh I had started writing a show. It was supposed to be a one woman show, and I was gonna put a bunch of songs that I funny songs that I had written. And I started thinking about it, and I thought, wait a minute, I don't want to be alone on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just finished, um, I just finished a show called Oil City Symphony, right? Which uh, I wrote also with the uh, Deborah Monk, and Mark Hardwick, and Mike Craver, and it was we were the original cast and the writers, and so we got to be really close and tight, and it was. It just felt like more fun collaborating, so I th- I think that's probably what made me think I didn't want to be on on stage alone, and so I started thinking what was I going to do with these country songs? Uh, they weren't I thought well they, and they were funny, but I thought it, it needs to be something more. I need a hook, and um, and at the time I was um, living with. Uh, a girlfriend and she and we were talking about all all of this and she said well you know what's so interesting is that you're like this country music and you're from kansas but you never really liked it when you were in kansas and you were a classical musician isn't that strange and i thought whoa wait a minute there's the hook classical musicians booked accidentally in a country western bar
0: right and (laughs) And, um, and that's how the the influences came into the score
1: yeah, yeah, because I thought uh, it it sounded like a fun idea, and I thought, gosh, the the plot possibilities are endless, and the songs are endless. This song ideas, and um, I just used a lot of my own background, mostly as a classical violinist, to inform the piece, and then this clashing of country music, which truly I didn't hadn't really listened to till later in my life, um, I saw the film Nashville Uh and I thought, oh, I, oh, I'd love to try to write something like that. You know, I didn't even know I was a songwriter, but it was all these things that happened to converge at the same time. And, um, so then you got this mashup and, and it, it worked and, and I believed in it. And, you know, sometimes you just have this idea and you go, I will, I will not stop till I get this done. It doesn't happen very often, but now and then you find a project and you just go, I have to get this done. I must do it.
0: Mm-hmm. I have to do it. So you're classically trained in music. Tell us about that.
1: Um, well, I started, I grew up in Kansas. <laughs> the <This> show is <laughs> takes place in Kansas, of course. Uh, I grew up in Kansas and uh, my mom was um, a music teacher. She taught private violin and piano lessons. And... Um, I started playing violin when I was five or six, and uh studied with somebody else, not with her um because she she didn't think I was afraid enough of her <laughs> to be a good student in practice um and that's uh and I was on that path uh for you know most of my you know till I was about i don't know fourteen fifteen sixteen, and then I you know was introduced to. Not theater necessarily. I saw the film um, Funny Girl and I thought, wait a minute, that seems like more fun than practicing four or five hours a day. <laughs> anyway, so that was I ended up going to college and being a drama major, but I was also a music minor. And uh, so I, I kept playing and stuff, but violin was the main thing. And as time went by, I took up a lot of other instruments. I guess uh, probably because I had a good ear and I could just, I just liked to do it and it was, it was fun. So that was how it all came about.
0: What was the theater piece that got you hooked?
1: Uh, it was, it was the film Funny Girl. And, and I thought, um, and then, and probably, I don't know, it was a, a few years later they did at my high school, they did the, their first musical ever. They used used to do just plays, but they were gonna do a musical and they did My Fair Lady uh-huh. and I I auditioned for Eliza and it was a tiny town so I won. I got the audition. <laughs> I won I I got the part Sweet. and I, I was hooked. I was hooked after that.
0: What's it like being the creator of a show and also performing in it?
1: I don't think I'd do it again. I've done it twice now. And uh, and I've also done two other shows since, written two other shows since then that I'm not in. And the thing is, when you're in a show, you're never sitting out in the house and you can't quite tell how it's going down. I mean, I don't know if you've ever done any theater, but often, you know, you're on stage and you think something is, is going well, or you think it's great and the audience isn't responding. And... Uh, Because it's a different show. It's a different show on stage than what the people in the theater are experiencing. And I also couldn't hear my part. I couldn't hear my violin. You know, I couldn't hear the mix, how that was working. And that was a little frustrating sometimes. Um, So I had to, you know, we hired a, a musical director to be my ears. And of course, the director was my eyes and ears. But you were never quite sure if they were seeing it the way you saw it in your head. And it's, and it's hard. You get, you know, you know, it's a, the Mary Lou part is, it's kind of a a large part. So I, I, when I'm on stage, I'm on stage. I can't think about being the writer. You know, I can't, it's too, um, it's a weird experience, but you really, you have to be one or the other. It's very hard to be both at the same time. So no, I wouldn't do it again. (laughs)
0: What's your process like now that you've separated the two?
1: Well, for one thing, I'm um, I'm older, and there are you know I'm not acting as much as I used to because as you know we're all painfully aware there are not a lot of things out there for women of a certain age, and uh, I just I I enjoy the idea of I love rehearsal I love rehearsal process I love the creative process. But, you know, sometimes the eight shows a week isn't as interesting, and I'd rather move on to the next thing and be involved in the creation of that and figuring out the problems and solving the problems and, you know, sort of like doing a giant crossword puzzle, you know, getting, getting the answers all right, but needing, except in this point, at this, in this kind of business, you're, it's, the collaboration to me is, is the most fun part. I think. Um, and once the show is open and up and running, that's you're doing the same show every night. So it's
0: hard. How does a song come to you? Is it a melody, an emotion, or do you hear the instruments? How does well, that come about?
1: Well, every, every song seems to have a, its own sort of way of coming, coming about. There's a song in Cowgirls called uh, Looking for a Miracle. And that. Uh, came about I was wondering what it would be to mash up uh, like the Mozart concerto in G major there's a cadenza in it if right. I could weave that into a melody I had come up with it was just you know like an eight bar melody and I sort of had the words but not really yet and so I was trying to put those two things together and in my mind I'm thinking God, I'm I'm looking for a miracle and I thought oh that fits, <laughs> you know, or am I just looking for a miracle? <laughs> you know it, hap- it happened to fit. So and that you know, it doesn't usually happen like that, but that was an instance of it coming all kind of at the same time. Uh, lots of times I'll start with lyrics and and a rhythm and maybe a the hook of the song. and then I fill it in. I, I kind of believe that lyrics lyric, I think music should serve lyrics, not lyrics serving music that's usually how I feel about it.
0: But what do you hope audiences will walk away with after seeing cowgirls or when you created it?
1: I've always said about the show is, and I think most, most things that I've written, I want the audience to leave feeling better than they did when they came in. You know, sometimes you'll go to things that are sort of heavy and you're thinking, gosh, I could have stayed at home and gotten depressed. (laughs) But, um, I think I think theater should be uplifting. I think you should learn something. And I and I so I I think that that's the main thing that I wanted, especially with Cowgirls, was for people, you know, buy the ticket, take the ride. It's a kind of the premise is a little the premise is hard to believe and it should be. You know, it's sort of a fairy tale, like how could they possibly learn to play country music in two days? But you've gotta go with it and yeah. and just believe it. It's not supposed to be you know, necessarily real, you know, it's an adventure, it's theater, it's magic, you know, so, uh, and it's a metaphor for other things. It's not just learning how to play country music. It's, you know, this is a clash of social levels. It's, you know, it's women trying to work together. It's two kinds of music trying to come together. And in the end, they're successful. And, And it makes the audience happy. And it makes everyone on stage is happy. So, That's my wish is that everyone leaves the theater feeling way better than when they came in.
0: When you originated the show, what was your favorite moment to perform? And now what is your favorite moment to watch when you see it again?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I think my favorite moments to perform it uh, at the end of the show, uh, there's a concert section and from that point on, it's just one song after the other. And we're all playing, you know, playing different instruments. And, you know, everyone knows the music now, you know, and as, as actors, as musicians, and as and as the characters. I loved that part of the show. That was so much fun. You know, that was the part, the fourth wall came down. You could look out at the audience. And um, there was actually a funny story when we were doing this show at the Manetta Lane in New York. This one night, uh, I looked out in the audience and I knew where the producer's house seats were. And so all of a sudden I look out there and I can see this big blonde head, this big blonde hair woman. Her head was going back and forth and I went, God, who is that? And I looked again and it was Dolly Parton.
0: Right.
1: And I just... Wow. And I thought, you know, I had asked everyone in the show, I said, if there's anyone famous, you know, any of the people in the front of house, I said, if there's anyone famous, I don't want to know because it'll just freak me out. I, you know, don't tell me. And, but they had told some of the other girls, I, you know, the two other cowgirls on each side of me. So I look out there and I see this head bobbing around and I see it's Dolly Parton. And I looked at the other two girls and they just sort of smile and go, yeah, mm-hmm, that's her. <laughs> and, uh, I almost collapsed. I mean, my knees got weak and, uh, and that was great. She came backstage, and she was the nicest, most lovely, lovely woman you could imagine. She didn't leave the the theater till everyone had gotten an autograph, till she talked to everybody. I mean, everybody—box office, ushers, anybody who wanted to meet her. And um, I, I called know. her my Dolly. She was my Dolly Lama. <laughs> <laughs> but that was great. Oh, and the the most fun to watch is uh. That's a fun thing to watch when I watch it. But I I love watching, there's a, it's a finale. It's that song that Looking for a Miracle, goes, yeah, the finale of the first act. Uh, it starts out uh, with a Fritz Chrysler sort of thing. It's called Love, Sorrow. And then it goes into uh, Looking for a Miracle. And it's when all this, each character is sort of spotlighted and you hear, each of whatever it is they're looking for, what miracle each of them is looking for. And it, you know, builds to this crescendo at, at the end. And it's a real powerful moment. And you're thinking, gosh, that's only six girls singing. And, you know, and a piano huh? and a guitar. You know, it just it's a great moment. And, um, and my musical arranger, Mary Ellinger, who's going to be out there uh, as a the musical director in Salt Lake, who uh, Mary Ellinger was in the original cast and she was the musical, musical arranger. She did such a spectacular job of, of arranging that, that uh, first act finale. You know, it was brilliant. And I, and I love watching that part of the show. Well, and then I go I'll have a drink at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I know the first act is over.
0: Mary Murphy, Again, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. And, um, I hope you have a good time with cowgirls out there.
0: Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Theater podcast. Check out other episodes of this podcast with the directors, playwrights, designers, and composers for other shows this season on www.pioneertheater.org and clicking the individual play titles. If you have any questions about cowgirls or would like tickets, you can go online or call our wonderful box office staff at 801-581-6961.